This talk is titled Mind Ghosts. Well, basically just uh, referring to a couple of different things. The first one being anything that haunts you, anything that's bothering you, bugging you, showing up and showing up and giving you a hard time, uh, spinning around and pulling you this way, pulling you that way. Without a, without a sitting practice of meditation, it's very difficult to deal with those. And even with uh, an awareness training, difficult. And sometimes when we get really bothered by something, we want to cover it up. We cover it up with, we can cover it up with chemicals. We can cover it up with activity. We can cover it up with uh, physical activity, mental activity, going this way, going that way. Go to a therapist, go sit and face the wall. Lots of ways of working with those things are nagging at us or, as I was saying, haunting us. Seems to be very, uh, uh, the levels of consciousness seem to be un, unfathomable uh, to find out how deep I'm using the word fathoms for deep, but you can't, you can't find out where that goes. Anybody that's worked with that uh, in their mind probably runs into a lot of confusion and sometimes can run into a lot of ghosts. A lot of aspects of consciousness are that are, Difficult to describe or identify, and quite often we're, uh, depending on a particular situation, you can be led in so many different directions. Now, some people are right at home with this type of activity where consciousness shows up as, uh, I'm going to say it very directly, other entities or apparent other consciousnesses. So lots of different levels of mind ghosts or mind apparitions. From this point of view, and so if you can, don't do anything with it. Don't ignore it. Don't add on to it some description of what it is or, or hook it up to some kind of idea about that. I don't care what it is, whether it's Buddhism or anything. Your best uh, approach, it seems, is to just receive. If you don't go to war with it, you don't fight with it, you don't deny it, try to do away with it, try to push on it, and you don't necessarily accept it or draw it into your territory with the idea of getting control, and you don't turn away or shut down or distract yourself into something else using whatever kind of there are even there are even those who have had powerful experiences of what is commonly called ghosts or other entities uh, come into their mind stream. If someone's doing a lot of sitting practice, um, it's harder, I think. And when I say I think I don't know this, but it looks like it's harder for those errant energies that want to explore anything. Don't believe it. Don't disbelieve it. And don't look away. If you're going into a jungle or into a dense unknown territory, um, be a good idea to just keep your, all of your sense uh, uh, senses on receive. So you can see what it is that's coming your way or what it is you're approaching. Because if you make up your mind ahead of time about what that is, then when something does come that doesn't fit that protocol, then it doesn't fit. And then you could be uh, manipulated by whatever that is. <laughs> uh, some people have very, uh, very difficult time with um, other aspects of consciousness that take on a form that seem to be someone else. The psychology and modern psychology and psychology for the last hundred years is uh, taking that on by what? Giving it a name, describing it, explaining uh, explaining to everyone what that is. Schizophrenia, psychosis. Uh, it's always, it's never about something we're not sure of. It's something, well, it's this and it's this. And if you have this and that's, this is the problem there and so on. 
I'm not saying that there some of that is important and some of it isn't quite a bit of it isn't really valuable in helping people. But quite often what it leads to is rather than some kind of fundamental treatment or working with it or or approach, um, modern medicine goes into what medication so we can cover up the symptoms. Let's hide us like a, it's like a highly scientific ignorance. This will cover it up as a, a lifesaver because it backed off their difficulty so much. You know, covered it up and solve it. It's still there. It's going around and around and around somewhere, probably. How do I know? I don't know. I don't have any idea. But I've had, over the years, I've had meditation students who take various kinds of medica- meditation, medications. And I, I don't agree or object or I say, you know better than I do what you need to take. You should just take whatever you need to take. But be, be clear that you could, at some point, you could set that aside get permission or, or do it in in um, uh, in association with your healthcare person if you're doing mental health of some kind or any kind of health rather than do it uh, without including them you can actually go in and actually uh, you can relate to um, Aspects of the mind as if they were solid, as if and as if they were solid. And it's interesting. If it's interesting, you actually can get a response. It's not that it's true. It's not that it's not true. It's not that it's should be uh, ignored and it's meaningless. Doesn't mean anything. So it's always good to meet everything where it's at. If you do, it might be a little frightening. It might be a little confusing. Uh, confusing, but uh, a little confusion that is not covered up with some kind of. Um, artificial knowledge or fake knowingness. Sometimes people are so interested in knowing they'll settle for just ideas about things. This is that totally covers up uh, the situation as it is. So the kind of mind ghosts that, that haunt us daily could be anything from just very, very negative feelings coming up uh, with no apparent source. And it's very difficult. I think it's easier for someone who is a, who's a, doing mind training, training their minds to to accommodate, have enough spaciousness, enough open dimension in their mind that when those things come in, uh, they aren't particularly, might be haunted a little bit, but it's not overwhelming. It's like, uh, make yourself at home. Uh, not not particular, particularly running away or covering it up or coming to conclusions or, or needing anything to happen with it. It's fine. Quite often the way these and these show up different to, to different people. Some people are never going to see this, never experience it. And when they hear about it, they just, because they don't experience it, it's because they can't sing. They think there's no such thing as singing. Sorry, not a very good image. But it's like that. It's the same thing for if someone has realized uh, what the, uh, realizes what this is fundamentally uh, and the, along the, uh, the, the line of what the Buddha was pointing to. How are you going to tell anybody about that? Very difficult. Very, very difficult, very difficult to talk about it at all. We have all these teachings and we study all the time and all, all of them are stairways to that stairway to they're all constructs that take us towards that. But the final understanding has to come. You have to do this alone. So it's difficult. Some people will go a long ways away and then they'll just start hanging out with ghosts. What do I mean by that? Something else. There's something else that's happening. Something else that's important. Something else that's not important. Something, conclusions and exclusions and anything we can do to keep, keep from going into the darkness. 
We have a, uh, when someone uh, is having a great deal of difficulty, we have a process whereby we, uh, or we, it depends on the person, the individual. Sometimes we can facilitate a person going into deeper levels of their consciousness. Something is very difficult to do by yourself, but if you have someone helping you, and there's all kinds of people doing things similar to this everywhere. Some call it hypnosis. I don't, I don't use that word. Some people call it uh, uh, past life exploration. Uh, you can, there's all kinds of, uh, um, of spirit possession things. And I'm not saying some of those things not, might not apply in some way. But fundamentally, it's better to, to do as little naming as possible and a lot of looking or a lot of observing or a lot of receiving rather than coming into the naming part of it. You'll, if you've studied this at all, and I've studied, a fair, studied it a fair amount along with 1,500 other things, I happen to be extremely curious. As soon as someone starts coming up with some kind of thing, this is the way it is in this deep consciousness. This is the way the spirit realm works or this is how... Uh, it's it, immediately we just all we get is just a big huge display of somebody's ideas about something that are based on uh, the, uh, the fundamental nature which is anything is possible this uh, deep consciousness is incredibly creative I'm sure you've noticed in a dream how easy it is to jump from one thing to the next in a dream and whereas if this happened in, re in your actual life it would be just mind-blowing that you were able to suddenly turn into an eagle and fly over a mountain. But in this deep consciousness, nothing to it. Turning into eagles all the time. And then turning back into a, what you were originally, a shmoo. You know what a shmoo is? Uh, don't have any old people here. Yeah. So, <laughs> I didn't know what to talk about tonight, so I thought I'd talk about ghosts. That's what showed up. So, I'm happy to respond. I can continue to talk. I can probably, probably can talk all night. But if you have questions in this area, especially those of you who have questions about uh, deep consciousness, which I rarely talk about, but I'm happy to do so this evening. If you'd like have questions, I will endeavor to respond to them, sir. When it comes to something that's so outside of what we are ordinarily uh, looking at or experiencing, it's almost impossible not to immediately go to belief and disbelief because it's just so different. Yes. I'm wondering if there's something else we could begin to bring our awareness to around that situation that's not belief and disbelief. Yeah, just looking at the belief and disbelief. You, I mean, you just brought it up, and you you actually brought it up first. Well, we, we immediately go to belief and disbelief. Just watch those polarities. That uh, they're, they're, they're not uh, different. Sure, there, there's a difference, but they're fundamentally not different. They're, we're going towards it, believe, and going away from it, disbelief. Do nothing with it, and then, 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 if there is any change happening, it will have, because your your receiving your stability, if you have any, is going to come through just receiving. If you're just receiving, then you're you're fundamentally stable because of your relationship to whatever you're receiving. You're just receiving. Go ahead. If we are right away locked into one or the other, are there other aspects or qualities that we could try to include? Are you awake? I mean, are you, are you sleeping? Are you in a dream? Well, if you were using the example of deep consciousness or um, things that might happen at, at night, um, and you immediately say, well, I don't believe that, and you can't, that cannot necessarily be helped. I'm just wondering if there's other textures that we could begin to just maybe expand the awareness into. So if, if that shows up, 
then don't go the other way with it. Just watch the disbelief. So don't 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 fight with what anything is coming up spontaneously. Don't necessarily fight with that or disagree with that. You might also not go the other way and try to push it in another direction. Don't do anything with it. Just observe that because anything, if you're just observing something, it doesn't last. It starts to morph into something else and then something else and then into something else. What um, is the value of any of this without belief and disbelief? What is the underlying motivation to, to look at it? Well, the idea here is as human beings, we have our life and we're born and we're raised by our parents somewhat. And our society is there and there's all kinds of input. And we're not so happy for suffering unless we happen to be born into, in, in, into uh, such an environment or with such a kind of karma that allows us to just work at the donut shop and be able to digest that kind of food and without too much going wrong and uh, have and meet somebody that just loves us and adores us and that wants to be with us the rest of our life and wants to work so we don't have to work. And then we can just play what golf. Senshu's a golfer. <laughs> oh, yeah, Senshu's. Oh, you mean Senshu's taking care of you? Yeah. yeah. You don't play golf, do you? Mini golf. Huh? Mini golf. golf. That's fun. So it's, it's, it's dependently risen. It, it, it could go any direction. But the, the belief and the disbelief that shows up as, as some kind of uh, warfare, some kind of polarity where something's not right. I've got to stop doing this. I got to start doing that. It gets uh, extremely confusing. This is why there is this kind of a path where the path is about you can't do it in three weeks or three months or three years, or you can't, might not be able to do it uh, in 20 years. But you could at least start to make your life about finding out fundamentally what this is, not just believe in somebody, uh, some uh, revealed uh, tradition where somebody says, believe this and this and this, and you're saved. You're good. Whew, glad that's over. I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but if you're in here, you probably already tried it. We already worked on that a little bit. So it's about seeing what is fundamentally true and just kind of working with deep consciousness or or mind ghosts or things that uh, go thump in the night, those kind of things. It's about insofar as we can. Sometimes we can. Sometimes, sometimes it's just terrifying. We have to run the other way. We have to cover it up. We have to do something. But that's also an awareness practice. More? Hey, the question I was, I'm trying to get at, I guess, is, I'm refusing to answer. No, I'm not. I'm not able to articulate it. I feel like. Um, so just to give an example, like something like astral projection, leaving your body at night when you're sleeping. Okay. Um, it seems like something like that. We only place value on it if we're believing it or disbelieving it. And I'm wondering if that can show us something about our consciousness, regardless of the type of reality ascribed to it. So astral projection is just a word that that indicates a, an experience of the, the consciousness or so the awareness leaving the physical form when uh, physical form is asleep, that it can apparently move around and see things and know what's going on as if it was there uh, physically. Uh, for some people, some people are able to do that. It is said that everybody's doing that. We just forget about it or don't remember it or we fly around and uh, come back and don't recall that but you can as you know and others may know you can actively pursue that and deliberately work with that so that you can remember it and you could say well is that real uh is that really happening well something is happening but the whole idea of reality and unreality comes into question there the different layers or levels of that that are so extreme 
just one person teaching uh, or who knows how to do that, who starts to write books about it and teach about it is just talking about a, a narrow, it's, it's unusual. It's about astral projection or it's about leaving the, the, the physical form with consciousness. Um, but someone else might be doing the same thing and might, uh, might even call it the same thing, but a whole different thing might be happening there. Uh, so rather than the, them, if they were to compare notes, they're not coming up with the same uh, situation. That didn't answer your question. Uh, I guess I'm just wondering, with that consideration, <clears throat> fundamentally, what is what is it that we're working with there? If if not the the validity or, or lack of validity to whether that's happening. Well, the experience is happening. So whether the experience has any kind of uh, density, there are people who spend time trying to prove that, trying to go in another room and see you've done some of that, where you see if you can knock something over. I mean, you had some experiences doing that. So do you believe that or something happened? But it's like believing it when you're in a dream, you believe what's happening in a dream. And here you do something in a dream and then you come back the next day and see if the what you knocked over is actually knocked over, was it? Touch it. Yeah. So... But, it, but the experience of, of what is happening there is what is important, not whether it's valid or not valid. So you're having the experience, just like we're having the experience of suffering. Someone else is having the experience of suffering, uh, being um, upset or worried or being uh, depressed. The, the, the different levels of consciousness that are so vast and even discontinuous that it's as far as, as far as trying to get control over something, it's uh, just uh, it's just difficult to do that. So it seems to be more workable for a person to just sit down and make friends with yourself, get to know your own consciousness as well as you can. If you want to do something with deep consciousness, or if you want to do something with uh, what's referred to as a OBE, out-of-body experiences, then you can pursue that. If you want to do something with uh, working with dreams, you can do that. Uh, lucid dreaming is something that you've done some and other people have here too. You can work with that. It's it's just experiences. But as far as coming to some kind of a conclusion about what it is, we ha have an idea that what it basically shows us is that consciousness is much more involved and elaborate than uh, we thought it was. But if you've never had that experience before and you suddenly you have a lucid dream, um, it's pretty astonishing to to be awake and asleep at the same time or to be dreaming and be awake in the dream and be able to have some say so about it. Not much. How much did you have? Some. Further. Yes. Is there a fundamental value to um, practicing those kinds of? So, well, they're interesting. They're interesting. But uh, I, uh, from, I spent some time doing that quite a bit and don't anymore. But that wouldn't take that away from anyone or recommend that they not do that. I'm just saying it shows us if you work with that a little bit, it shows you the incredible how, how vast and discontinuous the whole uh, spectrum of consciousness is and how the more uh, the more we work with that, the more we realize there's no solid entity there. There are something that shows up as an entity, but then the actual that situation is also um extremely uh, mutable or malleable. It just can change into something else. For those of you who've done a little bit of that work, come on, you give me some questions about this. Shoka, can't think of anything. 
what's coming up for me is that there seems to be like uh, one aspect of what I might consider like myself that seems to be the same in all of that, like where I have a memory of that and it doesn't seem like I'm having June shoes or she's not remembering my dreams. It seems like that's the proof that myself uses to perpetuate itself. And I don't, I don't know how to penetrate that to, to see how that's shaky or unfounded. I think the way to work with that, I'm biased, extremely biased here after doing this for a while Train your mind, look at the wall, do it awake. When you're sitting, when you're physically awake, sitting down, holding still, watch what moves. Whatever is moving is will eventually you will educate yourself to be literal about it, about the very nature of what this body mind complex, this matrix that comes together and assumes there is somebody called me or I. I'm over here, you're over there, I'm saying this, you're listening. Now you say something, now I listen. The polarity there is so extreme that it's very difficult, not when we're in this realm, this awake realm, being a human being, it's very difficult not to just assume that this is solid and real and ongoing. But I would say is that's the very thing that needs to be examined. It, it, it won't if you, uh, if, you, if you see what this is, it won't be like you suddenly, you know, can't find anybody. You might find somebody even more might that that beingness of being alive and being in a physical form is even more powerful when you realize it's unreal. It's not like, well, if I realized I was nobody, I would just be kind of like floating around. No, then you would be a ghost. There's a lot of people who are ghosts. We probably uh, probably nobody here, but we probably already know somebody who actually lives a kind of a ghost existence because they even though they're with their body and they're. They're, they're not really realizing what this is because there's so much assumption about them as an identity, as a person. And I'm the kind of person who likes roses. I, I've, I've always looked, you know, I've appreciated people who like violets, but I just like roses. I'm just that way. I don't know why I am. I think I was trained that way. You know, constantly re, rehearsing our, our identity over and over and over. Whereas someone who, if you're in this room, you probably are kind of tired of that. You're kind of nauseated by constantly re reaffirming yourself when you see it like uh, it can't last. So it's a good idea to look at the structure that she keeps showing up as me and I, me and my stuff and I and my ideas. I like this. I don't like that. Go ahead. When we look at the structure of the assumptions that this is a continuous existence, is that all we can do is see that arise? Yeah. Good one. So there's nothing under that? If you start looking for it, then you're going to find it. it's the, the nature of consciousness is amazing in producing whatever you look for. Or if you might look for something, but it will produce something because if you're looking for it, it's the very nature of, of that polarity is it has to produce something, not two. But it starts out as two. You have to look at the two-ness of things in order to see that it's not two. If you see that it's not two, there isn't anything you search for. There isn't anything but this. And everything is possible. Everything is possible. Is the very act of describing something sort of the process or surrender to believing it? I think that's, that's something to do with it. But, but there again, it would depend on how much describing, what, what's the intention around, what's the motivation around describing. Uh, if uh, describing is actually producing, 
So, but you can actually uh, be involved in a, an, a, an aspect of describing by receiving, not producing a description. Like if I'm looking at uh, Chazon and I'm looking at the table, I'm looking at the notebook, looking at the recorder, looking at the pen, looking at the red coffee cup. Uh, and if there's just a receiving, then 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 the world is describing itself to you. That is describing it to you, uh, to you. So it's like talking to yourself. Is there a distinction between looking at something and looking for something? Yes. Looking for is you're looking at it, but you're looking for something else. If you're looking, whatever you're looking at, that's it. And that doesn't mean a conclusion. It just means that's what you're looking at. But to look for something, it's like, or trying to look into that and see if, if you're missing something there. This doesn't mean that you shouldn't sit and look at the wall and just look at the wall. Just observe whatever's happening there. So a, a little bit of searching, a little bit, but no no insistence on anything. Shoka. What is the boundary that makes this area deep? So the depth seems to come from the proliferation of, of identities of uh, you, me, and this uh, spaciousness uh, that that is that looks like it's between everything. So just that very model right there, uh, that same model keeps continuing. So even when you go to sleep, there's still uh, um, form and emptiness or, 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 or the open dimension and things arising and falling away within that. So that kind of a model keeps, will keep showing up as long as you're looking for something. And as long as you're looking for something, it just gets deeper and deeper. It's like swim down, you swim further down, you swim further down. Pretty soon, you're just the whole planet is made of water. I'm glad I was able to help you. Yes. Does an awareness practice change our relationship to that exploration? <clears throat> I think if, if uh, practicing awareness, uh, in other words, put everything on receive and just whatever's coming through any of the six sense fields, uh, including the mind, of course. Uh, the fifth of the sense consciousnesses and the, the mental qualities that are arising, the thoughts and uh, thought forms and so on, memories. Uh, just just the receiving of that, just just receiving that just seems to, over time, seems to, um, I don't know if it, if it, uh, if that itself changes the, the, the aspect of consciousness that seems to be a receiver, but something happens there so that the perception starts to really show up rather than what's being perceived. The perception really shows up rather than the, the so-called uh, identity of someone who's perceiving that. So the, this is, goes into the Yogacara teachings of perception only. More? A uh, question from Benjamin. I think he might be in Florida. Okay. Regarding receiving... I looked at the etymology, and sieve in Latin is about taking something. I'm curious about the distinction between taking something as grasping and pulling versus aware and welcoming. So the grasping uh, is a passion or wanting something else or wanting something to be different or wanting to control something or uh, a greed for something that is a uh, relatively valuable or greed for something that we think we are missing, uh, possibly based on our nerve endings in some way, any of them. And uh, 
I don't don't usually use the word welcoming. I just say receive because welcoming sends up a welcomer and sends up some poor thing that needs to be welcomed. It's very subtle, but it's it's it, any kind of a sentimentality that can be aroused. The ego can and say, you know, I won't do much in here in this room of your great great wisdom, mind, O Holy One. Talking to your Buddha nature, the ego will do anything to get in that doorway. But let me just bring in some really nice, kind, sweet feelings that we can kind of come on. Just include these. I know you're 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 on this great ship of enlightenment, but I just like to stow away back here for a while. Don't do it. Don't even get. Don't even have a ship. You have a ship, then somebody's going to want to stay stow away. Stow away on it. So it's not about so much welcoming. It's just it's just receive. It's, it's, there won't even be a receiver. There's really nothing to receive. If you're on receive, you'll notice uh, the, if you get any kind of credential out of it, it isn't much. It'll be, it'll be more like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing this for. That might be closer to uh, an indication that you're doing this in the way that I'm recommending. No credential, no, no reward because uh, anything that's coming is just, it's just coming. And then if it slows down, there's no, there's no looking for it or chasing it down or wondering, adding on like something must be wrong. There's nothing to receive anymore. Yes. Thinking about Jayuzan asked about the distinction between looking for and looking at, and you had brought up how consciousness kind of the nature of it is to produce that thing we're looking for, and in the area of deep consciousness, why do we provide that venue to go into that if it's just kind of creating another situation to have to explore? So I usually don't. I don't do it as entertainment. I do it if somebody is having a lot of deep suffering that we can't, that sitting and facing a wall for hour after hour, day after day, doesn't seem to be addressing that. So sometimes I will, with the help, either either do it with the person if they seem to have the ability to do that uh, in consciousness or have someone who is... Uh, who has uh, the ability to do to work as a medium, which we have a few people here that can do that, to, and then go in and actually actively work in that area a little bit. But have to be very tentative about that uh, because it needs to um, – you may need to do a little bit of that, but not a lot. Just like so one person might need to do uh, some walking meditation, another person doesn't need to do that. One piece person might need to do some mantra practice and visualization practice to further work with that aspect of their mind that keeps producing crazy stuff uh, that is making them crazy. They might need to settle down and use something that hooks up to body, speech, and mind, mantra, visualization, mudras. So my, I'm not, I mean, I've studied uh, pretty extensively uh, in, in that area, but I, I'm not promoting uh, Tibetan Buddhism or uh, in a sense, if you listen to me very much, I'm not even pr promoting Zen. I don't promote much. Other than, what is that one thing I promote? Train your mind. Huh? Train your yeah, mind. train your mind. Yeah, wake up is good. How do you do that? See that you're asleep. Yes. A question from Bosker. Bosker. In this deep, is going to be a hard one. <laughs> in deep consciousness, how do we know what we are observing is not something that the ego is making up? You know, we, we, don't, we don't know, but we don't have to know. We just, what do we do? The way I'm talking about this uh, and having done this for a little while is to just meet it where it's at, whatever it is. We just we respect that. You have to respect, the, even if it is ego, we have to respect the ego 
not just immediately try to trash it or do away with it or get rid of our negative thoughts or get, get or, or, or a, a hyper uh, ventilate our positive thoughts. You don't have to do anything with it, but you, you might have to do some observing and you might have to do some work and in interacting with that. Just like when, uh, if I'm, uh, if I meet someone for the first time, someone sits in front of me as a meditation student, I take a lot of time before I start mm -hmm telling them anything. I really make sure that they've told me all they need to. Steve? So like with uh, tonight's lesson, obviously we're acknowledging the subconscious on some level. So I guess what's, uh, what would you say is the importance of Buddhism kind of getting that side of psychology? So I call it the uh, not unconscious. I mean, there's lots of ways of talking about this and there, even in the Buddhist tradition, there are different ways of talking about the first early teachings didn't even even talk about the Alaya Vijnana or the, the store consciousness uh, that came later. So there's just different ways, different people look at this in different ways. Uh, I call, I uh, say that uh, talk about working with uh, deep consciousness or levels of consciousness that seem to be uh, hidden and right in plain sight. Sometimes they're right, they're right on the surface, but they're they're deep because we don't know they're going on. And then we start to get messages from that area. And um, most of the Buddha Dharma is not dealing with this. Most most Buddha Dharma just thinks it goes through your imagination. So Buddhism does, there is a direct correlation or acknowledgement of even the deeper subconscious stuff. Because like when you mentioned like, like uh, astral projection or like uh, out-of-body experience or like dreamscaping, like I believe all three of those are possible. I mean, if, if I've ever dreamscaped, I've only done it like once or twice. But I just seem, from what I've heard from other people, or somebody has this random one story where they had out of body experience, I know them personally. I know they're not going to lie to me about that. I mean, I just I think all those are possible. Yeah. And I'm familiar with John too. Some of the stuff he, murky stuff he gets into. Mm -hmm. So I'm pretty murky. <laughs> Go on. Earlier you said we're afraid of the dark, or we're afraid to go into the dark. What is the dark? Unknown. Unknown. We, we know this. We know who we are. We have our identity. If, if you believe you're a solid self, uh, you, you won't particularly feel like <laughs> you won't feel like there's anything amiss. You just think that you're a, a person who has difficulty and sometimes does well and sometimes and sometimes your meditation is pretty good and sometimes it's not so good. You know, you to, to see that there's no self is uh, it's not uh is not just uh, an intellectual exercise in in uh, revisiting the five skandhas, form, feeling, perception, concept, and consciousness, and see they don't hook up into a solid being. That's the way they approach it in ancient times to try to use concepts to encourage people who were could not see that to use the conceptual mind to actually be able to contemplate it or meditate upon it or contemplate or yeah, contemplate it and see it. But to realize it, uh, it, it goes beyond that uh, situation. So that's actually, it's not even an experience. If it's an experience, then it's something else. Yeah. Should we sit with ghosts to see that they're nothing? We're not saying about seeing that they're nothing. I'm not, which let them be whatever they want to be. If they're there, fine. If they go away, fine. And you don't even have to say fine. Just whatever happens is, uh, it's so far as you can, don't, don't, don't disagree or agree or ignore anything. 
And it's difficult to do because a lot of our time is spent noticing how we keep objecting to things or we keep getting terrified by things. But it's about watching that rather than putting some kind of a palliative or a mandate on top of it so it doesn't happen, manipulating our minds. So you're, you're saying just to sit with ghosts then? Yeah, basically. Yeah, and that you'll notice that nothing really lasts, especially if you do nothing with it. If you do the less you do, the more you see what that fundamental situation is. The way you talk about how if you look at something, it morphs into something else. Is that morphing, does that have to do with the cycle of passion, aggression, and ignorance? I think initially, yes. That, that could be a one way that could show up. And then the other way it could show up is just uh, causes and conditions are dependently arisen. So anything that's, is, is looking one way, if you do nothing with it, then just because of its that very its very appearance is uh, propelled by all kinds of other causes and conditions. So if you do nothing with it, you don't add anything, you don't subtract anything, you don't divide anything. You just receive it. Then it's you'll see that it's changing into something else, slowly maybe. So it could be uh, the rotation between passion, aggression, and ignorance. The the, the conventional way of talking about that is um, you're somebody triggers something hidden aggression in you to make a story out of it. some kind of area that your aggression you just never want to deal with you keep trying to hide out from it somebody comes along and does something and activates and triggers that area that's been in hiding for three weeks three years 30 years 30 lifetimes and uh and it starts bubbling out in the form of aggression and you say something do something that's very aggressive and then the person that you're doing that to, perhaps just to make a story, their eyes get kind of big and they say, and they, they might be thinking, what the hell did I do? You know, what, you know, what, what's bugging them? Well, they might turn away or what, it might say something. It might just get out of there. And then you might look at that and then you may realize that what you did was, was just coming out of somewhere else. That wasn't, you, you have kind of a, a clue that's a, that what you're doing is too much. It's a, the, what is the traditional mountain out of a molehill thing. And then it, so there, there, there's the aggression. And then as soon as you see that it's too much, we immediately, instead of just being with the aggression and seeing that there's no aggressor, there is no one behind that. There's just the perception of aggression. But instead, the ego doesn't want that. It wants to be forgiven. So it'll go and say, Oh, I'm really sorry. I, oh, I, I shouldn't have said that to you. I'm sorry. It's not that they shouldn't say they're sorry. Of course, relatively speaking, it's called a world. It's called a culture. It's called a community. It's called communication, cooperation, and so on. On the other hand, by doing that spinning, we uh, we do that, and then we go right back into ignorance again, and we ignore that aggression because we just got off the hook. They said, oh, it's okay. Don't worry. I understand. I have difficult times, too. Now, you know, there's lots of different ways that you could talk about that. And that's just one way, but that is a rotation. Some people's a whole life there. Sometimes people's marriages are about like that. Beat up on your spouse and then apologize, have sex, make up, forget about it. Beat up on your wife. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that that's happening a lot, but it happens enough. And people get either end, the person um, doing that kind of uh, angry, uh, uh, expression and the person receiving that are caught in that loop and very difficult to get out of it. The only way I I understand you can really get out of it is to separate <laughs> uh, or or see deeply into who this is and what this is and don't have any hidden areas. 
And sometimes you see that you don't have a hidden area, but that doesn't mean you don't see the aggression right here. You might have to live the rest of your life with that aggression, but it's not hidden. It's like I sometimes say to people, if you think you're not prejudiced and you're a white man, uh, very unlikely. You don't get rid of prejudice. You have to see prejudice. If you see it, then it's it's never going to, it's not necessarily going to come into action and have you doing things that are, uh, are disrespectful or offensive to the whatever class of people or situations that you're, you're, you're prejudging. Don't have to be someone else. You just have to be, if anything, aware of who you are. Yes. Last night at the talk in uh, Grand Rapids, you were you there? Were you sitting right there? Was. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. I remember you. You um, were talking about um, certain ways people were like describing how they understood things, yes. and you had brought up whether or not that's going to help us like when the time comes, like when the body drops and it seems to be, if anything, the metric of, of value on the path, like whether or not our understanding is going to help us when the body drops. So what is the, the seeing of no self that goes beyond that contrast that like a, an experience of no self, what's the one that actually helps us when we die? That's too confusing. Anybody else agree? No? Junchu agrees. <laughs> so could, could you say it a, a little more clearly or simply? What's the perception of no self that goes beyond an experience of no self? So if it's a perception of no self, then there's some experience there. But that's the initial part. Eventually, that's not there because there isn't anything. There's no, no, there's no more contrast. So there's that, therefore a self... Uh, a so-called self can come and it can go away. There's, there's no longer any threat from it. There's no longer, no longer trying to be somebody else. It's just unreal. So it isn't it, it, transcending the separate self isn't like the separate self is gone. It's more like you just see that it's uh, unreal. To go back to your tactile with mind ghosts, it seems like the one that's pretty prominent in my practice is having had just in years, years past, even as a kid, just really profound experiences. And there's always this subtle tendency to compare what's going on now back to this experience and trying to relive something that was a really big contrast. So what needs to happen with that area? So when you say what needs to happen, I'm not sure. I'm not saying anything needs to happen. So I would say nothing. help maybe i'm misunderstanding or not understanding what you're saying is is comparing notes with your own experiences from the past covering up what's in front of you oh, maybe perhaps but I, I wouldn't be concerned with that the most important thing for you to remember anyone here the uh, most important thing i can say to you is spend some time holding very still and watching what continues to move that that's that's the practice that fundamentally i've done lots of practices but that's the one that fundamentally helped me more than anything was just sit down, hold still and look at it and do a lot of it. Yes. What continues to move? Well, thoughts and ideas and judgments and opinions and feelings and emotions and memories and calamities and anti-calamities, motorcycle hoodlums, ghosts, uh, fields of mice jumping over dandelions. You know, it's just monotonous after a while. And eventually nothing moves except movement, 
but there's nothing moving in the movement. And you. I can't wait. <laughs> Can someone awaken and have areas of consciousness that remain hidden? Yes. Yes, but but the, but the the hiddenness is no longer hidden. So the 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 feeling that you're missing out on something is just no it's no longer there. There isn't anyone to miss out on anything. Their consciousness is just uh it's like a searchlight that has no spot, has no place it's looking. The whole idea of placement is it just adds to the confusion. More hidden treasure. A question from Robert from Kalamazoo. I know him. What is the difference between experiencing and receiving? So experiencing uh, is, uh, the, the word experiencing is kind of a, a commentary on what's happening and that we're having this experience or that experience. Receiving is a, an actual attitude uh, that whatever's occurring that, uh, whereas uh, experiencing could have mixed with it uh, experiences where you're, where you're fiddling around with the experience in some way. They're, you're experiencing it, but you're also experiencing it along with your ideation, your judgments, your opinions about what you're experiencing. So you're experiencing the experience and you're experiencing uh, different qualities that are, uh, are in conjunction with that that are sometimes uh, difficult to see, the, see if they're separate from the experience or if it's part of the experience. Whereas if you're just on receive, then er- everything is coming towards the, the, the so-called uh, uh, consciousness, the so-called receiver. Everything that's happening is coming. It's just a one-way street. So no, there's no production going on. Whereas experiencing has a quality of producing something about the experience to qualify it or or move it this way or move it that way or add or, or flavor it a different way. So receiving is just um, give everything your attention. You're actually giving it your attention. You're, you're receiving what's moving. Um, Don from Virginia asks, how can we observe self-destructive mind ghosts and avoid getting lost in the strength of their apparent reality? Yeah, very good one. So my... <laughs> my answer is very much the same all the time is train your mind, find a way to sit still. But I mean, you, you don't, as I, as I say over and over again, so I make sure that you understand that I, I'm saying you don't have to become a Buddhist. I think it helps to do this because it gives you some kind of really strong form that is 2,500 years old that you can align yourself with this particular form and with the, 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 the main uh, structure, the Buddha, the Dharma, the Sangha, the example of someone who was not at war, someone who was not crazy, and uh, the, that which he taught, which is everything is dependent arisen. There's not a single separate thing anywhere. And the community of people or the uh, Sangha that gathered together with all their different karma, all their different separations and individuations come together to try to understand this incredible teaching from thousands of years ago. And you, uh, what was his name again? Don. Don. So you, Don, um, you're asking me, so I'm telling you, find some time to sit down, hold still, and watch what moves. Because what is moving in your mind stream, uh, what is moving in uh, when Uno's or Junchu's or Michael's or mine or anyone else's is the nature of, uh, of confusion. And then also the nature of awakening. They're not separate. But, but you have to see that. When I say you, you your, 
It's, it, ha- it needs to show up in your mind stream. Sit down, hold still, watch what moves and watch the insanity until you finally see what it is. You have to see it. I, I can encourage you. I can I can give talk after talk after talk. I'm just full of talks, full of words. But you personally have to, to see it. And that each person may have 15 people or 100 people, 200, 1,000 people, and each one is going to have a different combination of causes and conditions that arise as your lifetime, the way you were trained, the way you were raised, uh, whether you were, uh, you're born in a mutable sign or a cardinal sign or, or if you're whichever Enneagram you are or uh, when you cast the I Ching, which one of those shows up as your particular life path. I mean, I could just go on and on. And you could do. We all can. There are all kinds of, uh, if you were to go and uh, study uh, in the Amazon with, uh, uh, with the Hopi Indians. Of course, there's no Hopi Indians down there. So you'd probably end up with a shaman. And they would pretend to be anything you wanted because they want to help you also. <laughs> so what am I saying? I'm being a little bit silly. But I'm also saying, no, returning back to square one, sit down, hold still. It's your body. You have this body. Sit down, hold still. Sit in a symmetrical posture. Have all of your senses on open and on receive and give everything your attention. Anything that moves, any thought, any emotion, any ghost that shows up in the mind stream. Uh, don't accept it. Don't reject it. Don't look away. And sometimes if when that kind of openness starts to occur because you practice, because you keep coming back, you keep coming back. You have to do a lot of this. You can't do you can't be a weekend warrior. It won't work. I'm saying it I'm not saying it can't work, but it's more unlikely if you unless you do a lot of it. For this whole thing to just this whole, uh, as my teacher Chogyam Trungpa Rinpoche said, it has to be, uh, ego has to be taken apart brick by brick. So we have to go in and sit down and slowly dismantle that whole uh, uh, structure of the five skandhas and uh, the 12 links on the chain of existence and the whole dynamic of grasping for this and rejecting that and shutting down on that. You don't have to be somebody else. You just have to uh, stop arguing with everything. Thank you so much. We'll stand and dedicate the merit in the back of our chant books, reminding everybody about the donation boxes in the hallway. We also take donations through PayPal online, with debit and credit cards, checks in the mail. We appreciate all of your continued support to keep these teachings alive. Thank you. This penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the Buddha's way. The ten directions, the three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. O Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the ten directions and three times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery its buildings, gardens, and all adjoining areas from any and all dark or negative energy. Remove and dissolve any negative energy or devices. Fill everything and everyone with light. Please shield and protect with light our teachers, monks, students, and all practitioners of the Dharma. 
Our families and friends are negative forces and energy from now on. Help us to realize the truth of the Buddha's teachings. 